this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bell Ringer. My name is Greg. Your guest name today is Royce Woods. He heads up the Beverly Gray Business Exchange Center on Buffalo's east side. They're helping minority and women entrepreneurship foster in our economy. Super important work. Royce is a super impressive guy. We talk about Beverly Gray, the namesake of the building. We get into our entrepreneurial ecosystem. We pretty much talk about everything. Royce is a classmate of mine in Leadership Buffalo and a super great guest on this podcast. Hope you guys enjoy. Thank you so much for listening. So um, for those that don't know, what is the Beverly Gray Business Exchange Center? Yeah, the the Beverly Gray Business Exchange Center is a one-stop shop technical resource center for minority women and veteran-owned businesses uh, that's located on the east side of Buffalo in the old Jefferson Avenue Library at 334 East Utica Street. And for those that don't know, who is who was Beverly Gray and what's the importance or significance of naming the center after her? Um, you know, gr- great question. Uh, something that I'm really still continuing to learn as, as I uh, get more and more situated in the Buffalo community. Beverly Gray was a pillar on the east side. She was a community leader. Um, she was a small business owner. Um, she was a politician. She held a common council seat at large for a number of years. Uh, and she was really one of the strongest advocates for entrepreneurship um, on the east side, specifically up and down Jefferson Avenue. Um, many people in that community still uh, uh, revere her and have a very fond memory of her. Unfortunately, uh, we lost her to a battle of cancer, cancer in 2004. Her and Mayor Brown sat at, on the council together at the time. And in her honor, uh, the mayor felt like it was appropriate to dedicate this center in her name to promote entrepreneurship on the east side of Buffalo. Right. And I, I actually watched the, uh, the like dedication ceremony that you guys had at the center, and it was really impactful, and so many people spoke so highly of her as well. Um, you know, really, like I said, that was a part of the job that I did not really anticipate um, coming into the community, coming into the Buffalo. I really had to learn who Beverly Gray was. And honestly, it, it, it's really humbling. Uh, it's really humbling, but it's also a level of um, expectation that I take very seriously to maintain her name and her honor and her legacy uh, through promoting this, this hope through entrepreneurship um, on the east side of Buffalo. Yeah. And you mentioned the facilities in an old library, adaptively reused. Uh, we've talked about that a lot on this podcast, how adaptive reuse has been a big part of Buffalo's renaissance. How important do you think it is um, to, to the east side of Buffalo and just to have your presence not only on the east side but in that building and the significance of that? Um, you know, I think Buffalo is at a really pivotal point, and I think it has been. And I think one thing Buffalo's done well over the last 10 years is adaptive reuse these old properties into productive community assets. And I think the Beverly Gray Center is a great example of that. The exterior of the building is absolutely beautiful. Um, I know the mayor was very adamant that um, a resource center like this get put on the east side specifically, um, as a lot of members of that that community um, utilize public transportation and it's very challenging to access some of the other business resource centers across the city. So we wanted to put one in the community, headquartered in the community, so it was easily accessible. Um, we're really we're really proud about being on the corner of Jefferson and Utica. There's a 
a number of partners and other small businesses that are in the center with me and surrounding me that we're really hoping to turn the, the corner of Jefferson and Utica and kind of the, the headquarters of minority and women business in the city of Buffalo. So what kind of, uh, what kind of assistance do you guys offer to businesses coming to you for, for support? Yeah, good question. We, um, we, we right now provide four primary lines of service. Um, the first service we categorize as startup and, and launch assistance, which really entails um, analyzing a business plan if you have one, helping you complete one if you don't, and really getting into the nitty-gritty of the um, financial projections, putting together financial projections. Uh, the second service really builds on the first because the point of really developing the business plan is to solicit funding. So the second service that we provide is identifying and helping our clients secure uh, funding, whether it be from a traditional bank or a non-traditional uh, funding partner. The third service uh, that we provide is assistance with the MWBE city, county, and state application process. Both applications are, are very tedious, and we provide anywhere from five to eight of technical assistance hours in preparing that application, as well as prepping clients uh, for the interview process for the city county application um, certification. And lastly, uh, we do a number of net networking and matchmaking services. Um, we have a great partnership right now that we are developing with a lot of the large anchor institutions to supply local minority and women entrepreneurs um, directly to them uh, for contract opportunities. And you kind of hear on the macroscopic level, even like the, the federal conversation, about the importance of helping support minority and women entrepreneurship and how important that is to kind of rising all boats and leveling the playing field. Uh, you know, just in your own words, why do you think it's so important and how is it valuable for Buffalo? You know, the MWBE certification, both at the city, county, and the state level are, are really vitally important to including um, and developing Buffalo into uh, inclusive economy. You know, a few years back, the mayor was adamant and passed this opportunity agenda, was put into place the requirement for these MWBE goals on any project that was taking public money. Um, it created an environment in which uh, large contractors uh, now, you know, working with a local small MWBB is, MWBE is really at the forefront of their mind. Uh, creates a lot of opportunities for smaller entrepreneurs, small community-based entrepreneurs, um, and businesses uh, uh, that are either women-owned or, or, or of color. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done within that MWBE space in regards to how the applications are processed and how these businesses find those opportunities. But um, the requirement in, in requiring participation at the MWBE level is a move in the right direction. And he, like I've toured the Northland facility as it was progressing several times, and um, it seemed like each time one of the things that they were so proud of the tour guide, whether it was Stephen Tucker or Peter Camerata from <laughs> Budsey, was the um, the MWB participation in some of the contracts and even construction. You know, you think about the opportunities that creates here locally. Um, not only does it spread the the total project cost around to local businesses and local minority and women entrepreneurs, but you know, they don't, they don't just put that money in their pocket. You know, they go out and they hire additional people 
They create jobs. Right. Um, they purchase their, their products and their materials as well. I mean, that money gets circulated around the community when you uh, provide these opportunities to the MWBE contractors. But more specifically with Northland, um, and I don't want to speak for, for Pete or, or Butsy, but I would say when you have that high of, of a level of participation on the MWBE side, those are community-based businesses that are now invested in the success of the project. Right. Um, it, it really gets the community involved. Um, that's you know vitally important to the success of the overall project. Yeah, and so much of that project is the community's belief in itself, really. And if they don't feel like they're part of it, um, if they don't feel like they have the opportunity for, to profit from it and participate um, on it, then uh, the success in the community's eyes and the perception of the project is totally changed. So um, I know one of the things that they were they were proud about was their, their ability to hit those goals and achieve those goals um, because, like I said, it, it, it brings the community in and really um, puts the project in a positive light. Yeah. So we're, st- we're starting to touch on Northland, but um, there's a lot of investment going on in the east side, you know, the, the training center Bowman. specifically. Booming. Buffalo Manufacturing Works is joining, Insight Consulting, uh, Northwest Bank, and and many other projects. So, you know, how does it feel to be a part of that and kind of the next, it feels like the next wave of Buffalo's revitalization? Um, Extremely honoring, humbling. Um, There's a massive amount of pressure, I think, on everybody that's working in this economic development space to get it right on the east side. The investment in the east side is long overdue. Um, and, and really kudos to the mayor for really providing the resources um, in conjunction with the state uh, to really get a lot of these awesome projects going on. Um, you know, out, out of the window of my office on Jefferson and Utica, I could visually see $120 million worth of active development projects on Jefferson Avenue, whether it be Sinatra Companies Mixed Use right. or the Northwest Bank project that was just completed on Jefferson Avenue. Um, it's an exciting time. It's a very, very exciting time. Uh, I also utilize it to say, like, this is this is an awesome time to be uh, be in the community and to be an aspiring entrepreneur um, or to have a small business because of the plethora of resources that are being made available to you um, to take advantage of the growth, specifically on the east side of Buffalo, uh, whether it be Buffalo State SBDC or 43 North, or Launch New York, um, Pathstone Enterprises, Weedy, Excelsior Growth Fund, the Beverly Gray Business Exchange Center. There's a number of resources that are available, a majority of which are free of charge to help the, the local community members start businesses and take advantage of the growth. It's really exciting. It's a really exciting time to watch it build up around you. Yeah, and just, I forget, maybe it's last year or the year before, Entrepreneur.com named Buffalo the second most booming startup ecosystem. And you know, 43 North um, is obviously out in the media a lot and gets a lot of play, but it is some of that smaller investments like Weedy. We had Ben Bissell here and and now the Beverly Gray uh, Ex- Business Exchange Center coming online. Uh, I've uh, I've worked in economic development and, and, and really business consulting in a number of different cities across the country in Pittsburgh and Atlanta, the D.C. market, some time in Philadelphia. I've never seen in my career as many um, entrepreneurship resource type of partners working together for one specific neighborhood. Uh, the, the power and the collaboration between the partners right now, I think is awesome. And uh, I think that 
the, the you know, just given the, the, the industry that we work in, it always takes a long time to see change. And I think three to five years from now, you're going to see a robust, inclusive economy really thriving on the east side that um, every me- every member from that community has the opportunity to participate in. Yeah. And so you and I are in uh, Leadership Buffalo together, and we've done a couple day sessions. And something I've taken away from each of them is often, you know, resources exist, but it's sometimes off difficult to leverage those because they're somewhat siloed or or spread out or not marketed well enough. Uh, You talked about kind of the four pillars of your offering and the importance of being on the east side and being near public transportation. You know, you're out in the community a lot, speaking to a lot of people. How has the response been so far to the Beverly Gray Exchange Center? Um, Initially really skeptical, you know, to be be totally honest with you, Um, understandably so. You know, I think we're, we are working in a community that has been traumatized by um, the, the lack of economic investment for generations. The lack of segregation and segregation within the city um, has really impacted the community in which uh, they're very skeptical initially. We opened the doors to the center in January. We've serviced uh, nearly 100 entrepreneurs um, as of the end of this month as we were putting together our, our program impact report for the month of April. Um, and the, the really turning the corner there as people really start to realize that the Beverly Gray Center is real, that it's legitimate, um, that the, the, that we have the, the most positive intentions and, um, the resources that we are saying we have are really available and able to be dispersed into the community. So, um, the general feel now moving, um, into the spring and summer is one of which of excitement. And that's, uh, you know, we mentioned Steve from Northland when they were launching. I think he kind of had the same sentiment. He was met with skepticism and then they opened the doors. You know, he went door to door talking to people and making sure the community felt involved. And now there's so much optimism around there. And I think in the next couple of weeks, they're graduating their first class of students. Um, You know, I think something that gets lost in the general public from someone who has been a little bit behind the scenes and saw how the sausage was made was, how long of a process and the planning process goes into these major investment projects that get put on the east side. I mean, between the community meetings, um, the the analysis of how public funding is going to be spent, um, and then the reanalysis of that, uh, it's years in the making, both the Beverly Gray Business Exchange Center and Northland. Uh, And really excited that both of which are up and running now. And again, I'm I don't think you're going to see an impact in three months or six months. I think three years, uh, five years, the impact that these organizations are going to make on the east side are going to be clearly apparent. Yeah. Something we talk about a lot as we attract businesses, it's not it's not always chasing the home run. It's a lot of times singles you know, and doubles. Singles and doubles and, you know, attracting small businesses and allowing them, you know, putting them in an environment where they can grow and, you know, hire more people. We were down at new flyer a couple of weeks ago in Jamestown, a company we attracted. They've originally had pledged something like 32 jobs. They're up to 70 already, you know, doubled their, their initial pledge. So I think that's a lot of the success story and it often doesn't catch, you know, flashy headlines, but that's the stuff that makes a big impact. And we're really traveling around um, the country to see where the small business ecosystems are working well. Um, and what, one thing that we've taken away from that is 
you know, really believing in the mom and pop shops, the small businesses within the community. They, they typically employ their community. And as a business owner, you become an anchor in the community. You become, um, you know, a neighborhood watch captain. Um, you really start to take a pride in the aesthetics of the neighborhood. Uh, and it's just vitally important to really the development of the community to have a robust commercial strip district where small businesses are thriving. And, um, the resources that are being made available to us now. I know in March, the governor was in town making the announcement of the $50 million in investments on the four major corridors on the east side. Right. Um, so the resources that we have now to uh, to make those things happen is really, really exciting. But I know all of us in this space, you know, we, we feel a high level of pressure to get it right, you know, to get it right. Um, we're being blessed with these resources now, and, and uh, we want to – we want to make the community proud of uh, what the outcome is. I think it's cool for our listeners to hear, too, that these ideas aren't coming out of a silo, that you guys are actually out traveling and learning from other regions across this country. And I think you even said you're, you got a trip abroad soon. Yeah, well, I was um, given the opportunity with the, through the, Wilson, the Ralph Wilson Foundation uh, to travel with a group of individuals here from Buffalo that uh, are working in similar spaces, the Community Foundation, um, local initiative support coalitions, Buffalo office, uh, representative from the city of Buffalo. We're, uh, we're spending a week in Israel and Tel Aviv to study um, inclusive entrepreneurship ecosystems. Uh, Jerusalem specifically has been able to create more high value startup companies than anywhere else in any other country in the world, despite the country only being 60 or 70 years old and having fought three major wars in the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. So conflict is all around it. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, obviously that, that sets a certain tone over the, over the country. Uh, and despite that, entrepreneurship is thriving. Venture capital money continues to grow despite the economy being somewhat stagnant over there. And we're going to find out why. We're really um, hoping to utilize this trip to get some best practices uh, and to bring them back home and put them in place. So I want to give you an opportunity to talk about, uh, you know, a success story or two, so people, you know, get the impact anecdotally of how real this is and the impact you're making. So, do you have kind of like a, a favorite story or you know someone that you've helped? I know you've only been open for a couple months, and you know it'll take, like we've said, you know, three to five years to see the big impact. But yeah, I mean, I, so you know, one of one of my favorite clients is um, is an organization called Trace Asset. Security Services. Um, they're a small minority-owned um, security, armed and unarmed security service. Uh, both um, the, the the husband and the wife who own the own the organization uh, are both um, uh, police officers with the NFTA, and I believe uh, Mr. John Sanders is retired from the Buffalo PD and started the security firm. Um, and I think it's I think it's a great example of the potential for entrepreneurship in the city of Buffalo. They started the security firm and they were doing, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year in revenue. Um, and then um, a huge contract opportunity got presented to them that was able to quadruple their revenue over the course of the year. But sometimes that significant growth in a short period of time causes a lot of financial constraints. So we work diligently with them um, to partner with Excelsior Growth Fund, who's also a tenant in the Beverly Gray Center, 
to secure them uh, a line of credit that was going to allow them to compete on this larger contract uh, as well as hire additional employees. Um, you know, despite our building being only open in January, we started working with them really in August. Mm-hmm. Over that time, they've experienced probably a 300% increase in revenue. They've created 35 additional jobs in the community. Um, I think it's a great example of the power of entrepreneurship, not just within um, the profiting aspect of it and growing your business, but also creating the jobs to the community. Yeah. Uh, it's been really fun to work with them uh, and see them grow. Another really fabulous story is an IT-based firm here. It's a local minority-owned, was also a veteran, hometown guy by the name of Ivory Robinson who owns Harp Data, an IT service firm. Ivory um, was born and raised in Buffalo. I think he, he moved to D.C. for a couple years, identified the opportunity back in his hometown. He's been back home now, I think, two years, three years. Um, I mean, his company is growing at, uh, you know, seven, eight hundred percent a year. Yeah. Um, just as a small IT based firm, he's I think he might be up to maybe two dozen people now, um, employees here locally uh, and really growing and thriving within the IT space. Uh, he gets a lot of support from a lot of the anchor institutions around here who want to work with such local small businesses, and it's really exciting to see. All right. Well, that's great. You know, great news that's coming out of the Beverly Gray Center, and we're super lucky to have you guys up and running and, and have you, you know, uh, kind of at the helm over there. So before I let you go, we have a couple quick Blizzard round questions okay, for I've, you. Okay, I've heard these from listening I, to the yeah, podcast you, before, so I'm ready. You cheated. You prepped. <laughs> Uh, if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? Chocolate chip cookie dough. Book or TV show that you'd recommend? Book or TV show that I would recommend? I would say Netflix uh, documentary, documentary called Losers. Okay. Uh, text or phone call? Phone call. Bills or Sabres? Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would be a tough one for you. Uh, hiking or skiing? Skiing. And biggest one, chicken wings, drumstick or flat? This was a tough one, but I would say drumstick, just because you don't have to rip it apart. Yeah. You know, you can use one hand. Brandy, your friend Brandy taught me that, like, you can actually order all 10 of one. She, I think she was a passionate flat person, and she tells them, I want 10 flats in a single order. I bet she does. (laughs) (laughs) I bet she does. Um, But... Absolutely. Um, one of the things that Buffalo has definitely worn off on me is like an addiction for blue cheese. Oh, yeah. That's good. As a Pittsburgh kid, we dipped everything in ranch. Yeah, that's a big debate around what here. What were we thinking? <laughs> what were we thinking? You, you weren't thinking of blue cheese. So I, I, um, it, it's hard for me to develop the Bill Sabre's loyalty, but the blue cheese stuff, you guys got me. I'm committed. Well, we're, we're going to play good this year. The Bills are going to be all right. We just got out of the draft, so... Maybe we'll convert you a little bit, or we can be like second favorite team, something like that. Second favorite. (laughs) Second favorite. I don't mind supporting. I'm all about it. Well, thank you very much for your time, man. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Bell Ringer is a podcast by Invest Buffalo Niagara, the region's privately funded, nonprofit marketing and economic development organization. Please rate this podcast. Follow our social media channels and read our blog at buffaloniagara.org for the best of Buffalo Niagara. Come grow your business with us.